Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's episode. Today, we hear from Oscar Brooks, co-founder of V88 Apps, a premium no-code agency which currently has over 60 clients in nine countries. This is a particularly impressive statistic considering that V88 is barely three years old and was started at the height of the pandemic. V88's rapid growth and challenges of launching in the pandemic form part of today's discussion. Other topics on the agenda, including finding out how Oscar went from biochemistry graduate to entrepreneur, what no-code is and how it's going to evolve over the next few years, and the influence of entrepreneurial parents on his own personal destiny. It's a fascinating conversation with a young founder who has great ambitions. Please do enjoy the show. Welcome, Oscar, to the Evolved to Succeed podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you, Warren. It's great to have you on the podcast. And I suppose we should start, you know, this is going to be a story about ambition, startup, technology, and how all that merges together in terms of your story. So I suppose we should start with how did you go as an individual from being a biochemistry graduate <laughs> uh, to no-code entrepreneur? Yeah, um, great place to start. So it's it's an interesting one. Um my sort of story begins where back at school I was not necessarily the the kid that knew exactly what he wanted to do. I didn't really have a sort of dream vocation, yeah. um, but I was always strong scientifically. So um, I ended up studying uh, biochemistry at uni yeah. off the back of that and I really enjoyed it but wasn't hugely passionate about it as a topic. Um, whilst I was there did all sorts of different stuff around entrepreneurship, did some sort of um, simple software development modules um, and all the rest of it. And I ended up working out of uni for a a small tech startup um, down in Bournemouth that was basically an online platform for clinical trial management. And um, I was in there to ultimately look at the data that they were capturing on patients on clinical trials. Um, but quickly found that I had a love for other parts of that business. So um, ended up doing some salesy bits, which was really fun. And about a week into the job, I was chucked in to go and demo a solution to um, quite a big customer. And I just loved everything about it. I loved trying to deliver a piece of software. I loved their reaction um, and, and, and everything to do with that. So that's really how it started my kind of idea that I wanted to do something with tech and something with people yeah um, and, and somehow combine that okay um, and whilst I was at that job 
I came across the concept of no code, okay. which we'll no doubt talk about in more depth. I think it'll be my next question. <laughs> um, and ultimately, I started playing it, playing around with it on my own, okay. um, building simple applications um, for me to use in the gym, for me to track my to-dos, etc. Um, and I started to kind of notice some strengths that it had that the sort of traditional software um, that was being used in the company that I was working for at the time um, was missing. Okay. And at that point, I sort of um, left the job on great terms and... Um, this was as COVID started to creep up, yeah. um, where initially I thought, oh, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Um, and yeah, basically went out went out alone initially and um, reached out to some local businesses with a with a capability um, to build applications um, and with a passion to 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 try and use those those applications to benefit those businesses in some way. Brilliant. So I'm going to lead on with, I suppose, I've got to ask, what is no code? No, what is yeah. no code software? Because, you know, um, to me, software needs code. So what does it mean to be yeah. no code? So um, in essence, um, I'm going to try and talk layman's here. So <laughs> um, no, no code is the use of some very smart modern platforms um, or tools yeah. that allow you to build software and applications with very little use of actual code. So you may use a little bit here and there to kind of augment what you're creating, yeah. um, but typically you can you can use these platforms to build software applications without writing code. Um, and, and what this does in summary, and the real value, is the fact that this rapidly speeds up the process to develop a piece of software. Okay, um, and what sort of timescales do you say? So, this is probably going to sound insane to you, okay. um, but I would say typically the sort of things that we create, we do so in between five and 15 days. Yeah. Um, a, a team of traditional developers might take, who are coding this from the ground up, yeah. might take six months. Wow. Um, so, so what no code really gives now? There's a space for both, yeah, because it has its limitations. Yeah, um, if you could do everything and anything with no code, then there would be zero requirement yeah. for for software developers, and that's absolutely not the case. So there is definitely um, a market share for both, one hundred percent. But what it means is where it can be used and applied, we can approach businesses and, and have conversations with with businesses um, and rather than saying to them having listened to their requirements or their problem yeah well you know um, if you have about 100 grand we could you know de deliver something in six months yeah. we can we can say to them well um, we could probably have something for you to play with by the end of next week right um, that we can iterate on yeah so it's a different completely different space okay um but it's certainly an interesting one definitely definitely and is it really just an extension and this is my naivety maybe of open source software um it's kind of a next it's it's a level up from okay. that so um you're you're not necessarily plugging into or, or using existing open source code what yeah. you're doing is you're using kind of a visual builder yeah to build out a piece of software so you're adding in sort of components and buttons and you're, the, the work is in what happens when you click on those buttons. Yeah. 
Um, so the speed at which you can put something, put an interface together and connect it to some data is much, much faster. So someone's done some of that kind of, you know, built the little modules that you can then yeah. bring together. No, yeah. no code is being used everywhere and, and um, it's the terminology I think that people aren't aware of. So um, Calendly is a no code tool. Okay. You can build your own booking system that people can book a call on. Yeah. Um, so you can design how your booking link yeah. looks. You can upload your logo. You can specify your availability without writing a line of code. Yeah. Um, there are all sorts of web development platforms that you may have heard of. Wix, WordPress, Squarespace, Webflow. Okay. They are no-code tools, largely. Ah, okay. Um, again, you can build a website now without needing to write yeah, code. Without being a techie, yeah. 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 So the same applies for applications. And what we do is is we specialize in using no code yeah. to build solutions for businesses. Yeah. That's our kind of, that's and, where we are. And give some examples, some typical solutions that you've provided. Um, so it varies massively from sort of the weird and wonderful to, to um, just sort of process driven stuff. But um, Property management is a sector that works really well for us. Okay. So we've worked with, uh, I want to say, almost 10 property businesses now okay. um, with a vision to ultimately look at their process of tenancy management and the, the, the handling of maintenance issues. So if you imagine you have a, a property business that either owns, <laughs> if yeah. they're lucky, or manages a portfolio of a few hundred properties, You've got tenants reporting issues via email, WhatsApp, phone call, yeah. blah, blah, Bombarding blah. You from all directions. Yeah, the team yeah. in the office are trying to somehow manage that process and they're phoning contractors to see when they're available. They're then asking the tenant if that suits. And suddenly, before you know it, um, a broken radiator can take hours of everyone's time. Yeah. So we'll, we'll understand how their particular process works because this no-code stuff is bespoke. Yeah. Um, and, and what we'll do is we'll build a set of applications around that. So we'll introduce a tenant app that lets yeah. tenants report maintenance issues and upload a photo and all the rest of it um, and flag its urgency. We'll then introduce a portal for the team, again, that works exactly how they want it to. Um, that will allow them to assign, let's say, contractors to designated issues and they can go and pick those up on a, on a contractor app and they can resolve those issues and, and, and let the tenant know when they're going to be there. And suddenly what you've done is you've, you've streamlined an entire process for a, for a business that can be time consuming and therefore obviously costly. Um, and, and, and as a result, they can go and focus on, on growth. Right. That's a great example. Yeah, but we've done some, some weird and wonderful solutions as well. So um, just to give you one example... Uh, we worked with a really cool company called Skyspecs recently. So they're a global organization. Their head office is in New York. Um, and they use uh, remote drones to assess wind turbines on renewable energy farms. Okay. They do it all over the globe. So they have these pilots all over the globe from um, deep, dark Arizona yeah. all the way across to Japan. And what they do is they arrive at a wind farm, these pilots, and they whip a drone out of their backpack yeah. and they fly it round the wind farm. Sounds like a great job. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awesome, right? Um, and and they, it's just them, a backpack and a dog in some yeah. cases. It's brilliant. 
um, and, and they fly the drones around these wind farms and they, they take images and videos and they assess them um, in order to report any potential maintenance okay. issues. So obviously increase the efficiency of these wind farms. Um, but what they didn't have was a way centrally for all these pilots everywhere in the world to um, check in with their location so that the office knew where they were, to upload their reports, um, to sign the latest safety docs and things like that around what they do, um, and to learn as well, you know, to improve how they operate. So we, again, sat down with them for a long time and just understood exactly what they did and how, how their processes worked because they couldn't find a generic tool to handle this sort of system, as you can imagine. Um, so we ended up building, a, again, a, a mobile application that allows these pilots to check in exactly where they are um, to carry out educational quizzes, to upload their findings. Um, and the team in New York have this stunning portal. And this all took about, I think this was about 10 days. Okay. Um, their team have this portal that has a great big map that shows where all of their pilots are live checking in. They can create quizzes and, and, and educational pieces. Um, and, and they can immediately receive any reports that need to be sent out to their customers um, and hit a button and it will send a PDF email report. Right. So. Again, it's it's a, it's a streamlining of a process there to let them actually focus on growth and add value to what they offer. That's an amazing example. And I suppose that leads to the question, do you describe yourself as a you know, software developer or do you describe yourself more as a business analyst and process analyst? Um, it's a, that's a really good question. I think, technically speaking, as an agency, we're software developers, yeah. but we are modern in the way that we do things. Yeah. Um, we do things in a very fun and approachable way. Yeah. And the, the main, th this is probably one of the main things with no code that makes it so powerful is that because it's so much uh, quicker and simpler to build solutions, you can focus more on the actual problem at hand that you're trying to solve. Yeah. So rather than spending weeks mapping out and planning how you're going to actually create the tech, we know how we're going to create it. Yeah. So what we can actually do is sit down and, and almost consult yeah. and just ask questions and say, look, you know, we want to know every single possible detail of your problem or of the solution that you're trying to build or of your vision. Yeah. Um, and that allows us to kind of deliver a more effective solution rather than focusing on actually the nitty gritty of how yeah. we're going to build it. Yeah. Um, because we know that on the fly. That's, that's, so it is a combination of the it's two. It's a combination things. of the two. It's, it's a combination of the two. And, and I, I approach all the conversations that I have with business owners and, and kind of IT departments in the same way, which is that um, my job here is, is, is not to try and sell to anybody. My job is to listen to what these people are trying to do. Yeah. And to try and once I understand it enough, qualify that against my capabilities or our capabilities as an agency. Um, and at that point, if I think <laughs> I have a solution, then I'll present it. So it's it's kind of both, you know. Yeah. And often I might say, actually, you might want to go down the bespoke route here. Um, you might want to try this tool you might actually be okay using this generic platform that's yeah. going to cost you less. So it's a case of being transparent and honest as well as um, actually building the tech, Absolutely. you know. Yeah. 
And you've grown phenomenally. You know, you, you said you started in that the pandemic, which I'm sure brought its own challenges. Um, but, you know, you've now, one of the things is not just the stats in terms of the number of clients that you've developed, it's the fact that you've worked with clients in over nine countries. So what do you attribute this amazing growth to, Oscar? Um, I, I, I think on, I have to say, first and foremost, it's, it's, it's being in the right place at the right time. Okay. I think with any of these things. Um, so That's a very humble answer. Well, <laughs> it, it's, you know, thank you. It's a case of having an interest in something that, yeah. that was just creeping out of the woodwork yeah. um, and becoming more popular. So that, you know, I have to give credit to that where it's yeah. due. Um, but I think realistically, it comes back to this concept of being approachable mm. um, and and just being people. Yeah. And, and I think that makes a huge difference when you're talking to kind of businesses and business owners. Um, what's helped massively is where I kind of got in relatively early in the no-code space, some of the tools that we use, I'm a certified expert yeah so what happens in many cases is um a business might come across one of these tools one of these platforms and think oh we we could this 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 could provide a brilliant solution for us um and they'll quickly realize that actually it's quite difficult to do yeah or perhaps they don't have the time or the inclination amongst running their company so they'll look for an expert with some fab reviews um, who's done plenty of solutions, such as myself. Yeah. Um, and they'll kind of reach out, at which point they're largely sold on the concept of no code uh, and of the tool so that they're looking to use. So solution yeah, type thing. Yeah, yeah. so it's a, it's a verification process. And my job there is to kind of um, qualify what they're trying to do with the tech to make sure it can be achieved yeah. and to be honest with them. And, and at that point, you've developed trust already and they trust in the technology because they're they're keen on the concept anyway. So, um, you know, it sort of, it makes it quite a simple process. But um, yeah, it, it, it really comes down to, I think, just being approachable, being in the right place at the right time um, and just approaching conversations with, with passion and confidence and, and making it fun. Brilliant. Really, really good answer there. And I suppose that leads on to the fact, doesn't it? You know, you saw the opportunity, you saw something, you saw development it intrigued you maybe that was the scientific mind in you was just like that inquisitive mind hmm. and then you've created a business from there do you think you were you know always destined to run your own business to be an entrepreneur what a question <laughs> um well my as you know my dad his career yeah. was similar he yeah. he he was a soft well still is <laughs> um he's a software entrepreneur and um, obviously growing up with him, mm. I always made sort of little observations on his lifestyle yeah. um, from, you know, being able to spend time with me and my younger brother, yeah. um, being able to spend time with my mum, kind of almost being the master of his own destiny, albeit being super busy, yeah. super busy of his own accord. Yeah. And um, that part of it, I always really wanted for myself. Okay. Um, I'd love to be in that in that position one day yeah. where I'm able to take an afternoon off if I want to yeah. go and watch my kids play sport yeah. or whatever that might be and kind of make up for it at another time with this yeah. kind of flexible working concept. Um, but the tech side of things, really the passion grew for me 
um, towards the end of uni and into my first job. So yeah. um, not something I'd always wanted to do, yeah. but it's certainly somehow a lifestyle that I wanted to kind of get to. So, yeah, so there was an appeal to ha- have some control of your destiny. Yeah. Be that entrepreneur, but yeah. not necessarily software and software just happened because of that, as you've yeah. described that first medical yeah. kind of business role. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, you know, Mark, you know, your dad has been, he was probably in the in the first year, so listeners to go back, listen to Mark Brooks and that episode and hear his story. But one of the things that would intrigue me is, you know, Mark, and he talks very honestly about selling the business, and you must have been, when he sold that business, 10 years old? Yeah, yeah. And and from that point, you know, went on he went on and developed other businesses. But to that point, there was something that you know, VIP as it was, you know, was was all of his time and energy, wasn't it? Yeah. And then created that time and space afterwards. Yeah. Can you remember what it was like in the family when Mark sold that business, and how did it feel? And were you too um, young? At the time, he was making sacrifices. Um, I remember the sheer workload and yeah. just he, he I mean he it was non-stop it was yeah. non-stop um but it's something I think that he was doing and the knowledge that um if it came off it would be fantastic for yeah. him and his family and for and for all of us so yeah. um I, I don't remember it in great depth but I certainly remember the the kind of time he he spent working on it but he absolutely loved every second of it mm-hmm. those are some of his best days yeah when when i talk to him and when i ask i'm always asking questions about you know what was it like doing this or this Uh, yeah 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 dream mentor right so um and he always talks about those days as the toughest days but also the best ones um because you're in the thick of it it's exciting um you know you're leading a a team of people you you're creating innovative software and and you're benefiting genuinely benefiting businesses with it which is just fantastic so um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. Definitely, definitely. And, and so, sort of back to your own kind of journey, you know, three years into the V88 kind of experience, you know, what's the greatest thing you've learnt along the way? <sighs> I think what it is, what I've learnt is that um, it it doesn't need to be as scary as you, as a lot of, a lot of people think it does um, to, you know, create something and and start offering a service to businesses. Mm. Um, I, I, it was very daunting at first. Yeah. So I remember my first few sort of sales calls because I started in the, during the pandemic. Yeah. So all I've really ever known is is online yeah. working. So everything I do is through. Uh, Zoom and obviously with half my clients in different yeah. countries, it makes it quite difficult to have meetings, but, um, you know, in person. And I, I remember sitting there on Zoom, waiting for them to join, thinking, you know, are they going to join? Are they not? With just the sweatiest palms you can imagine, yeah. almost shaking. Um, but once you get into the swing of it, it's it's a lot of fun. And um, I think, you know, if I ever found myself in a different life with a different skill, mm. um if I could go and, you know, sell it to people and, and, and use it to benefit them in some way, then I'd go and do it again and again and again. It, it's incredibly hard and it's yeah. mentally, it's, it's draining. Yeah. You know, anyone, I think any entrepreneur with a, with a growing or, or a company of any size will know how drained you'll know, yeah. um, how Absolutely. exhausting it can be at times. But um, that's sort of part of the 
part of the fun. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah, we, you know, Evolve, we have a you know, startup programme and we call it Ignite because it is that, isn't it? It's that ignition, yeah. that, that energy you need to get the ball rolling and get into that place where you're now, you know, ours is where you start to decide how you're going to scale it, what happens next. But the energy it takes to get that initial momentum is, is it is all consuming, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is um, because it's something that you, you don't sort of go home at, at 5 p.m. Um, and switch off because um, your 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 income is directly proportional. It's directly related to how well you yeah. specifically are doing. Um, so it's that constant sort of thought in your head of where where am I initially, especially now, not so much, yeah. um, but initially it's where am I going to get that next customer yeah. from? Um, you know, where am I going to generate my next couple of leads from? Um, have I done this? Have I done that? What about all these administrative tasks? What about um, marketing my business? How yeah. am I going to go about that? And then you start spiraling and putting together a million to-dos in your head at, you know, 10pm <laughs> or 3, whatever time it is. And it's a bit, it's, it's all a bit much, but it's, um, it's part of it, isn't it? Yeah. And has this entrepreneurial journey been what you expected or has it been different to what your expectations would have been uh different in what way um i thought this whole journey would be would be much um easier than it is yeah i underestimated um all of the small things that you have to keep in check in order to continuously deliver an exceptional service to all of your existing customers alongside finding new ones alongside um, keeping up to date with the latest thing in your space so that you're kind of cutting edge and you can deliver you know you can deliver that extra piece of value Um, I I didn't I, I hugely underestimated all of it together in order to kind of build something that 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 you're proud of and that all of your customers can say no, they're seriously good. Yeah. I did underestimate that, um, which is probably no bad thing. No, it's just <laughs> part of life journey, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's a rich yeah. tapestry of life type yeah. of thing, you know. Um, so that uh, it's not what I expected it to be. No, um, but I I love how it is. And in that whole, you know, because you know there'll be people listening to this podcast that are starting that kind of new business or thinking about it. You know, for you, you know, what's the bit you've enjoyed the most about that journey so far my favorite part um two two things both involve people yeah so i i I love tech and i'm passionate about the tech that we create without a doubt but really for me um it's the people side of things so i love the excitement of talking to new and different businesses on a weekly basis um, because they're all unique. You know, you could talk to 50 businesses in the same sector, but they are all unique in one way. They all, the founders all have a different mindset. They all have different visions for where they want to go and they all have different problems. So um, for me, yeah, the the first thing is, is talking to, to these businesses and just listening and understanding, you know, where their pain points lie and and how they operate and things like that. Um, the, the the second and probably the best part is is when I demo something. Right. Um, 
<laughs> provided it's good, which it it, it is. You know, um, at V88, we we produce some pretty incredible stuff. Yeah. Um, not to blow my own trumpet, yeah, well, it's something I'm proud of. Examples. It's something I'm proud of. Um, and it's it's the look on people's faces when when yeah. you deliver something um, ten days after the word go, and and yeah. they go. How have wow, you done this? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Particularly if they're um, a larger corporate like you work with and they're used to the traditional yeah, software yeah. way. Yeah, we, um, you know, a, a, a good example is I spoke to recently, um, a couple of weeks ago, spoke to two guys in uh, London who have this incredible um, startup for a recruitment company. Um, I won't go into detail, yeah. but it's, it's brilliant. Um, they've got, they're on sort of an accelerator program and I think they're going to fly with it, to be honest. Um, and they have one of them is that they're, they're unbelievably smart guys yeah. um one of them has a a, a berkeley mbe and and, right. and a couple of different master's degrees at oxford and the other one's a super smart software engineer and they encountered no code um having tried to build out this recruitment portal using some various tools and some code and things like that and it taken them quite a while and they kind of hit a bit of a wall with parts of it um, and we, in a week or so, um, turned something around and presented to them uh, sort of the, the framework for a portal for them. And they were completely blown away. Right. Um, and these are two of the smartest guys I've ever spoken to um, because they've not seen anything like it. And it's just the delight and the yeah. joy on their faces to go, this is actually really cool and this could really, really work for us. Um, so that that's that's my favourite part of doing it. Part of it. Yeah. And if you you know somebody listening to this thinking about starting their own business, what's the one piece of advice that you would give them, having recently been through that experience yourself? Um, I would say you've got to just try try your service whatever you're thinking if it's a service or a product yeah. um you don't need to quit what you're doing in order to see if it works just reach out to somebody who it might benefit yeah. um and offer it to them yeah and assess the outcomes assess the results learn from whatever comes of it um and then iterate on that yeah. do it again and and then after that you can kind of think think to yourself well this has been beneficial for these yeah. this handful of individuals so perhaps thing. i could try and now charge someone for this i think it's that sort of simple to get going yeah. um i think the hard bit is trying to actually create a scalable yeah entity and, and would you say you that can, you know you know we talked about the things you've enjoyed is that being one of the toughest challenges is getting it to the point where it's it stops being you your laptop you know the no code apps and it becomes a scalable business. Yeah. Um, I think V88 has, because of the nature of what we do and how we do it, we've seen quite significant growth without the need for a large team. Yeah. That's now going to need to change. Yeah. Um, I think we will definitely be, be growing the team in the next 12 months, 100%. Yeah. Um, the, the hardest part for me in business, perhaps because it's, I think it's, it's a skill gap for myself, um, but also I think the world of, of it has changed is marketing. Yeah. Um, I think there's so many avenues 
there's so many avenues and ways to do it and you speak to different people and they all have a different way of approaching (laughs) it you know it's it comes down to sort of who are you trying to speak to what are you trying to speak to them about where are they how do you speak to them about what you want to say and, and in what medium in what format and there's a million and one ways to do it i think in every single case yeah. so it's that's what i'm learning at the moment okay. is is how to sort of reach my audience and i love the fact that you came out of you know uni and you took that first round then you started your business and, and you know that takes some guts and ambition to do that do you sometimes reflect you know because perhaps the more traditional way people start businesses they you know they leave school go to uni whatever but they then go and have perhaps a job in the corporate world and learn some of these skills and then start their business having that background yeah do you think it's i mean i suppose is it an advantage do you think you've done it your way a disadvantage do you ever reflect that perhaps you should have taken a more traditional route um i think it depends on your i think it depends on your individual circumstances yeah. For me, I I never got on so well with that side of the world. Yeah. Um, I never envied the person with the really good job. Yeah. Um, I just never did. No. So I was kind of keen to to get out there and try and do something for myself as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, but I also had, you know, some great mentorship and advice around yeah. me, and I was at a, a point in my life where it was a low risk. Yeah. thing for me to do um i think actually if, if i tried to start this in a year or two's time where the my cost of living is significantly higher um you know suddenly if you, you find yourself with um a, a mortgage yeah. and bills and the cost of life i think it's much more of a risk financially to go and start something so um no i, I don't have any regrets i wish i actually started it sooner Brilliant. To be honest, I do. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I think you know, there's a couple of things you've said there that resonate is that one is I think you've got to think about yourself as an individual. You know, and maybe that, you know, maybe it is, you know, the you know effect of your mum and dad and the fact that, you know, they're very independent characters and that's created independence in you. But you've, you have got to look at well, what, what suits me, doesn't it? And some people need that, perhaps that confidence of further education still yeah. and you know getting some experience absolutely to do it. but actually if your mindset is i don't fit that world then why go play in that world just yeah. get on and do it and yeah and see what, what what happens and the other side of it is that piece around risk isn't it you know i'm you know when i started the, you know the core business that i grew which was inspire i was yeah 29 years old i was married but you know we didn't have any kids at the time. Soon, soon came, yeah, uh, and the responsibility came. But it was in, you know, McKay had a great job. It was easy. It was no, there was no risk. And I think sometimes, if you start the business with, with the burden of those responsibilities, the stress, you don't, can, the stress, yeah. and sometimes you don't make the bold decisions you need to make in those early years, yeah, to ignite the business and get it moving. Yeah, I, th- I think the 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 scary part for a lot of certainly for what was for me and and for a lot of younger people is um, uh, having the confidence to walk into a room or to get on a call with with an audience that's highly likely to be significantly older than you and more experienced and to say, you know, I can deliver you this. Um, I was taught, I was raised from a young age to, um, I'll never forget it, Um, you know, always my parents, both of them saying to me, you know, um, 
make sure you know you look so and so in the eye you shake their hand you ask them how you are you present yourself and i think i was just raised to talk you know in a way to speak to adults yeah. from a young age with confidence and it got me really used to just be able to sit in a room and just chat to anybody of any age because it really doesn't make a difference yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think that that played a role in it that played a big role mm. I'd imagine definitely and we should come back to sort of V88 and, mm-hmm. and talk about you've got a motto that is if I get this right okay knowledge experience humour from the team that invented it that's <laughs> a great motto what's yeah. the thinking behind the motto Oscar um, it, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about being approachable um you know it that way of working in our modern space in the online world using some smart tech um it i think it really helps us just present ourselves in such a way that we know what we're talking about we are experts at what we do but we want to make it fun it doesn't need to be super formal um you know and that's kind of part of it i think um just that the combination of of, of doing what we do with confidence but having light-hearted chats we we have such a laugh with some of our customers yeah. we have such a laugh and i think it just i was honestly putting together a, a profile uh, like an expert profile and i um just came across that strap line just pops into okay. my head literally it wasn't it's not particularly thought out i just thought what are we about yeah if i asked any of my customers what are we about I think they would say we're knowledgeable, we're experienced, and we're humorous because yeah. we we have a laugh while Brilliant. we're doing it, and, You've got to have and fun along yeah, the way, haven't you? Yeah, that that's on. There's nothing more to it than that. Brilliant, <laughs> fantastic. And talking about kind of no code, you know, I suppose to the to the outside world, um, you know, the we've all started now to see and experience ChatGPT and AI and all of that. So with that rapid advancement of AI and its its ability. And I've not tried it myself, but to write software code. Where do you see the future of software development heading and how does that affect the no-code environment? Yeah. I mean, AI is something um, that we could probably sit here and talk about for a long, long time. I think, firstly, my my take on on um, on artificial intelligence is is as follows. I think a lot of people are confused about what what it actually is you know what actually is ai what is gpt yeah. um and i think a lot of people kind of assume it's some sort of super advanced google search which is not mm. um and i think a lot of people also think that it's um it's this all-encompassing tool that that you where you can just tell it to do something and it will do it perfectly and so when it doesn't they sort of think well this is rubbish yeah um it's not an advanced google search tool and it's not an all-encompassing tool. It's something that needs human intervention. And it's something that, like with any tool, like with a no-code tool, um, you need to know how to use it to get the best out of it based on what you're trying to use it for. Yeah. So I can give you a really cool analogy yeah. um, that might help just anybody listening who's a bit unsure as to what AI is. So um, imagine... Let's do Google search first and we'll compare the two. Okay, so um, you walk into a library and this is the Google search analogy. Okay, um, you you approach the librarian yeah. and you ask them, you say to them, hey, I'm, um, I'm looking to build a, a garden shed. Can you help me? And in the Google search world or the search engine world, the 
the the librarian's going to go, yeah, if you head to um, row D, yeah. about halfway up on the left, fourth, you know, shelf up, you'll find an assortment of books that are going to help you and teach you how to build a shelf. Yeah. So that's that's your search engine. Um, now think about AI. Okay, so you walk into the library and the librarian has read and remembers every single piece of information from every single book in the library. Yeah. So you approach the librarian and you say, hey, I'm looking to build a garden shed. The librarian will turn to you and based on the books that it's read and what it understands of everything to do with building a garden shed, it will give you its opinion on the best possible way to do so. Um, but it will also do it based on who you are. Yeah. So the library, you might then turn around and say, okay, could you make that simpler for me? Because I haven't done much of this before. And the librarian would, would, would tell you in a more simple fashion. If yeah. you were a kid trying to learn and you, you said to the librarian, look, I'm only, I'm only 12. It's yeah. going to talk to you in such a way that you understand it. So, um, it's not an advanced search engine. It, it has read everything that, that there is out there to read, I think up to the end of 2020, start of 2021. And it's, it's due to soon go and read everything pretty much up to date. Um, but it's how you use it and yeah. it's what you ask it. Um, in terms of getting it to write code, it's, it, it can do it and it's fantastic. Um, but it wants to be reviewed Okay. You know, so once it spits it out, produces. same as anything it produces. Yeah. Exactly. You know, if 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 I hired a, a brilliant software developer um, and asked them to create a piece of software for me, um, I would still want to check it over and maybe check it with someone else to make sure that it was right. Yeah. Same with AI. Yeah. Um, but when when asking AI to write code, what it does is it it creates static software based on you know what it knows. So it creates a piece of software based on today. Yeah. With no code, because you're using these tools and these platforms, they evolve. Yeah. So as the as they modernize they how are, they, they how they look yeah. and as they add features and improvements, that iterates through every solution that we've made. And this is a massive point about no code that's that's really missed out on. Is that when you see a, a website or an app that's been custom coded, um, five years even three years down the line it starts to look outdated yeah. unless someone's refreshing the ui and, and adding stuff to it with no code the latest updates run through everything we build so the apps that we created three years ago for our first customers look just as slick and modern as the ones that we're producing this week yeah um so that's kind of that's, something that's a to great be aware analogy. of it's got it in my head <laughs> i've always got asked this question to people that know i've done the research or use it should the world be scared of ai um i think more so than anything else right now mm. um i think it it's just a case of these super super smart individuals wherever they are whoever they are just being aware that they have some element of control over it yeah. um as it evolves in truth, I, I'm not sure, but um, I think it's definitely something to be wary of, for yeah, sure. Just where does it go? Yeah. I mean, we're using it 
all over the place. We've at V88, we've learned how to, we've fully integrated with um, ChatGPT's API. Yeah. So we've we've got apps um, using it to some. So uh, for example, clinical trial solution, we, we built an app that allows um, uh, healthcare research um, institute to uh, capture data from patients who have rare diseases to assess the outcome of their treatment so they can feed that data back to pharma companies to influence them on the best treatments for given rare diseases yeah. um, in summary and um, we're using AI now to summarize so we can say something like uh, summarize you know um, the patient's feedback across the last 12 months to do with sickle cell anemia and in the click of a finger it will create a written summary based on a table of information that's never seen before um, and it will spit it out perfectly um, we're using it all over the place already so it's great for us because our existing customers are saying hey you know can we use ai and we're saying yeah yeah you know what do you want to do with it and we'll, we'll jump on and we'll brainstorm on the best way to approach the use yeah. of ai for them so it is a growth opportunity for yeah. you at v88 100 percent. not, a, we, com we, not we, a competitive disadvantage it's no. a growth opportunity oh we're, we're going to be yeah promoting it and using it because um it's we've seen it firsthand it's insanely powerful Definitely, definitely. And coming back to you as we start to wrap up our conversation, Oscar, uh, what does the future for Oscar Brooks look like, regardless of wherever no code goes? <laughs> um, what does the future for Oscar Brooks look like? What does good uh, look like for Oscar? Good looks like... Um, I mean, I would love to have a team. I would love to run a team. You know, a team of people handling different roles and different parts of an organization and to be at, at the top of that sort of overseeing yeah. everything it's my number one dream is to have a team um, yeah just that ambition to have a team I'm, I'm not you know revenue aside i just would love to have a team of people and to have a a proper sort of large agency culture one day yeah um but to be honest you know if if, if we continue doing what we're doing and creating beautiful apps and, and software solutions for businesses everywhere, then that, that, that's me, a happy guy, you know? Um, yeah. And as you'll know, having listened to a few of the episodes, I'm sure I always end with the question, you know, what's your personal definition of success? Um, my personal definition of success is actually quite traditional. Um, I think, for me, success is um, be, being able to be where I would like to be geographically um, in a situation where I have a beautiful family yeah. that I love um, and and that I can look after that family and enjoy my life with them. That's and that that's really what what I yeah. see as being successful. Um, yeah, it's a great you know, I, I would I would rather that than than. Um, all the all the money and and everything else in the world, but without that sort of circle. Yeah. I, I grew up with a family that is very yeah. close knit, and I would love the same one day. So, if I can if I can do that and be able to support them and and enjoy enjoy life with them, then that's for me is what success is. I would Brilliant. say. Hairs in the back of my neck is standing up. It's a great <laughs> definition of success. And if people want to learn more about Oscar, definitely want to learn more about No Code and V eighty eight. Where can they go? Um, my LinkedIn is a great place to go. Um, obviously, Oscar Brooks on LinkedIn. Um, I'm going to be talking a lot um, 
you know, as of now on on all things no code and entrepreneurship and yeah. and AI. Um, but also my website, v88.co.uk. Um, those are probably the two best places to find me. And yeah, anybody wants to have a brainstorm or just understand how this stuff works or where it might fit, then come and have a chat. Hopefully by now you can see I'm approachable and <laughs> and will welcome a, welcome a conversation with anybody. Brilliant. Thank you, Oscar. I've really enjoyed uh, this conversation. I've become more knowledgeable about no code. It's been great to hear a bit more about your story and your journey and where you're heading. So thank you for being a great guest on the podcast. Thank you, Warren. Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvemembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.